Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Blue Shirt Talk podcast. We have a lot to talk about today. We're going to be recapping the offseason, previewing the season ahead. We'll be answering your questions, so we have a lot to get to today. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, Dinner and a Podcast, the X Squadron Podcast. Be sure to give those to a listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And you can follow them on social media just by looking them up. Uh, and also, be sure to follow us, the Blue Shirt Talk Podcast, on Twitter and Facebook by searching us up. Very simple. Uh, and emailing us any questions, comments, or suggestions at blueshirttalk at gmail.com. And uh, one more thing before we get on with the show is um, I am doing this from my dorm room. And my dorm room happens to be near a very busy doorway. And the door tends to open and close a lot, and that causes a big... Uh, shutter of my door and I'll create some noise so I apologize in advance for that um and hopefully that doesn't really get in the way of what we're doing here uh, so anyway we're gonna do a lot today as I said we're gonna be recapping the busy off season which included some many big deals uh looking ahead towards the off season I mean the excuse me the uh, the new season ahead because there's a lot of new pieces involved a lot of questions surrounding the team and so we're gonna get all to it starting right now so, if you didn't know already, the Rangers had a busy offseason, uh, which involved the re-signings of a lot of people, including Jesper Faust, Mika Zibanejad, and Brendan Smith to new long-term contracts. These contracts long-term are, uh, as I said, they are long-term, and they really put the Rangers in a good position with the core of their team, especially, especially with Mika Zibanejad. He'll be a constant, hopefully, in the Rangers' forward group. And on the, diff- the back end, uh, me, uh, Brendan Smith, is a will be a constant hopefully on the second pairing with Brady Shea and maybe Ryan McDonough, Kevin Shattenkirk, who the Rangers also did sign to a four-year deal on July 1st during free agent frenzy. And on that same day, they did sign Andre Pavlik to be the new backup goaltender since Andy Ronta was traded, along with Derek Stepan and uh, to the Arizona Coyotes for the seventh overall pick in the draft and Anthony D'Angelo. So Anthony D'Angelo is a defenseman. He's an offensive defenseman. He's 21 years old, so very young, has a lot of potential, uh, and also he could be fighting for a roster spot come the end of training camp. And also with that, the Rangers did buy out the contract of Dan Girardi, which freed enough cap space to sign Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, which uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning did sign Girardi to a deal. Not sure the deal off the top of my head, but they did sign him. And I think he'll be there for, I think, three years, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll be there for three years. And uh, so now the Rangers have a lot of room to work with on their back end, uh, which brings me to my next point. Um, actually, no, I'll skip that. We'll go do that later. The team is still without a number one center, really. Uh, so the Rangers did trade Derek Stepan, as I mentioned before, and that leaves a big hole in the lineup. Uh, right now, Mika Zibanejad is the one with that role. Uh, and... JT Miller, uh, Elaine Vigneault did say during training camp opening on Friday that uh, JT Miller would be the uh, move to center to start the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, so I'm assuming the center, the first three centers we have are Zabinajad, Hayes, and Miller. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the holes in the lineup are filled that were created by moving those guys to center. Definitely interesting uh, dynamic going on here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so that's pretty much the offseason. It wasn't busy, with the exception of the first few days where the Rangers were pumping out deals, Kevin Shattenkirk being the biggest to his $6.25 million deal 
four years, which is pretty good considering the money he could have gotten and he left on the table. Uh, so that, that's that pretty much for the offseason. So training camp did open Friday. The Rangers play their first preseason game against the Islanders on Monday, September 18th. Uh, so that would give us the first chance to look at some of the prospects that the Rangers drafted, including the seventh overall seventh overall pick, Leas Anderson, who could be making a run for the team along with Philip Scheipel if he is healthy enough for camp. He did get injured in one of his games for uh, I think his, his national team, I believe. So he was injured. Uh, Miss Traverse City, the prospect tournament the Rangers are participating in. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how he fits on the uh, the NHL level. Uh, so. Team preview, once again, uh, Anderson and Chaikla, I mentioned, uh, the bottom two pairing of defense. This is one of the bigger questions. Uh, Elaine Vigneault said that Mark Stahl will be fighting for his job uh, in training camp. The Rangers have a big defensive core in Hartford, and that they drafted. These include big names like, uh, uh, what's his name? I'm going to do a quick Google search. It's a Russian kid, and... Um, and along with that, they have Sean Day. Uh, yeah, hold on, I'm just getting the name. This is, I'm unprepared now. Oh, boy. Well, let's just put this straight. It's a Russian kid uh, with a lot of potential. Uh, he'll be making a run for the team as well as, uh, as I said, Sean Day, who just did win the Memorial Cup. Uh, so the Rangers have a lot of extra fuel that they have in Hartford to replace these older not really useful guys like Mark Saul and Nick Holden. So hopefully we could see Mark Saul moved out, which brings me to my next point, if the future does hold a trade. So obviously Mark Stahl is a big contract. He makes around $5.5 million along with a no-movement clause. So that would make things a little bit harder for the Rangers if they wanted to make a move. But uh, it is a possibility that he could be moved along with Nick Holden. Nick Holden was rumored to be moved uh, in the offseason around mid-July for Tyler Bozak. That was a deal that was circling around. It could still very well happen. Who knows? Uh, sometimes moves are made during or after the preseason to uh, really give the team a little kick. And I think once the Rangers see that there isn't much center depth to them and they really need some more help, I think that move or a move similar will be made to help, to help alleviate the stress that those three guys, Zabin and Jack Hayes and Miller, have. So that will be very important for the success of the team going forward. Uh, and as I mentioned before, Andre Pavlik was signed to be the new backup to Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, Pavlik has had a rocky NHL career. His last team that he played for was the Winnipeg Jets, and he was kicked out from the starter position uh, in, exchange, in exchange, but um, in favor of Michael Hutchinson, who is now the backup still, I think. Uh, the Jets did sign Steve Mason to a contract. Um... So there is a lot of baggage to have with Pavlik. He's, he wasn't that good of a goalie in Winnipeg. A lot of things fans in Winnipeg didn't like. Uh, they're very, you know, very passionate about their team, and they make things very clear. So uh, hopefully with uh, Rangers goaltender coach Benoit Allaire, uh, he can improve on his skills. And along working with Henrik Lundqvist is also a major benefit because now he's looking at one of the best in the world being a goalie and having front row seats there should be a good enough teacher to help you improve as a goalie. So hopefully that happens and we get at least 15 to 20 wins out of Pavlik so he could uh, alleviate the pressure of Lundqvist and Lundqvist could be fresh going into the postseason. Hopefully, hopefully this is the year that they bring back the cup to New York. Hopefully. Um, 
So, and the big, the biggest other move made uh, in the in the off season, but now is really flowing into the uh, actual season, is the bench, the coaching change. Um, so Jeff Bukaboom, who was the defensive coach for the Rangers last season, was not fired, but asked to leave in favor of a front office position, and he did move to the front office, and now the Rangers had an opening. So they hired Lindy Ruff, who was just fired from the Dallas Stars, to be an assistant coach. Um, I've never really heard of situations where big-time NHL coaches, head coaches, move to an assistant role, uh, but in this case it did happen, and I believe that was done for a reason. Uh, definitely there is a big issue some someone in Rangers management has with Elaine Vigneault, uh, some like mistrust, I guess, after the complete collapse of the team back last year in the playoffs where he was playing players like Mark Stahl and Nick Holden instead of Brady Shea or Brendan Smith. Um, so that definitely must have bothered someone in the Rangers front office, and as a result, they see this as a light to fire under Elaine Vigneault to get him to play the right players and make the right decisions. Otherwise, he will be fired, and Lindy Ruff, who is an experienced NHL head coach, could come and fill in for him and hopefully have a lot of success in that role because Lindy Ruff, has a has a very long resume of uh, success, and hopefully that doesn't need to happen. Elaine Vigneault doesn't need to get fired. I know a lot of people are calling for his head on a lot of occasions, but I think he is a solid coach and does definitely deserves a shot with his team. And I think now surrounded by a good coaching staff and really great defense, I think he could really make this team uh, go all the way this year. So hopefully... We see that, and Ruff will make a great addition to the Rangers coaching staff and really be a voice of encouragement and of strength in the locker room. Uh, so that really, I hate to say that, that really, um, that's all we got. So, I, you know, training camp's just open, and as I'm sure training camp goes along, there will be more storylines. Uh, I'll definitely be doing more podcasts in the coming weeks uh, to discuss the Rangers preseason and what we're noticing and you know, how everything's translating on the ice, and if this team really is legitimate just by looking at some of the players that they're playing. Um, so the really the other big major story of training camp, one more, is uh, who is playing for the bottom, for the last uh, number four center. So uh, there is, of course, the two rookies, uh, Leas Anderson or Philip Chival. I'm saying his name right. Uh, they have a, they're really gutting for a shot to make the team, but they're both still very young players, very, very young. I think they're both 19 years old, so they still have a lot of time to grow and develop in Hartford or where the respective leagues back home. Uh, and we're David DeHernay. So the Rangers did sign him to a one-year, $1 million contract back in the offseason in later July, and uh, he could be making a run as uh, the Rangers' fourth-line center if that need does come up and the Rangers coaching staff and management is not pleased with the um, the two rookies yet. But I'm sure they'll be pleased with him, if not next year, uh, the year after, because they are two dynamic offensive machines that I think the Rangers can build a team around in the future. So that's very exciting stuff uh, coming up the ranks. So that about does it for the team preview this season. That's all I got. Training camp, once you know we get into the swing of things and this preseason starts going, I'm sure we'll have more things to talk about on future podcasts. Uh, but for right now, um, I'm going to go to some listener questions. We have three questions that were posted on our Facebook page. Uh, the first one comes from Andrew Brooks, who actually made our logo. So thanks, thank you, Andrew Brooks. He asked, uh, how many good years does Lundquist have left? 
Now, this is a question I hear a lot, actually. Um, a couple of articles I'm seeing popping around about, you know, asking this question. You know, it, I think this season's going to be a good, um, a good way to judge it. Last season was very inconsistent for Lundqvist, probably one of his, actually the worst statistically of his career. So I think that this week, this week, this, uh, this year would be a good measuring stick on um, how he does in the season um, and how much he does have left in his tank. Because it, it's, it's definitely a major concern if he isn't good this year, if he does play like last year, not only will the Rangers not go on to win a Stanley Cup, but it could mean the end of his career really as a Ranger. That means the Rangers have to do a, a lot of searching for who's going to replace him. They currently do have someone in Hart, uh, not Hartford, playing in Russia. He's playing for SKA St. Petersburg, which is almost like the Pittsburgh Penguins of the Russian Hockey League. Um, how to say his name is beyond it's Igor Shitorskin, something like that. I know I butchered that, but he is probably the the number one pick to be the one to replace Lundqvist. So down the line, he could be an option. He's still very young himself, and so hopefully they can squeeze enough years out of Lundqvist to really hope, you know, continue his development in Russia. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Lundqvist has maybe three, four good years left in him. He is 35 years old. I don't still, I don't see him pulling a Marty Rodor and playing until he's 45 or however old he was. I don't see him moving teams. I don't see him being traded. I think he will end his career in a Rangers uniform, and hopefully he will end his career with the Stanley Cup to his name, and that will solidify him as amongst one of the best in the NHL to ever play. So I think three, four good years left. Maybe th- I'm, I'm leaning more towards three, um, given his age. Um, but we'll see. You never know. Uh, Rangers have a great goaltending coach. Rangers have great training staff, athletic staff to keep him always, you know, game ready, game fit. So I had full confidence that he could be a, a good, solid start of the next four years, five years maybe. But I'm leaning more towards three. Uh our, you might remember him as one of the first people I ever had on this podcast, Steve Iacelli, who is host of Dinner and a Podcast and the X Squadron Podcast. He uh, asked, I want you to run down, very demanding here, I want you to run down what the final standings will be in the Metro. All right, that's an actual, that's, an, that's a great idea. Um, the Metro division is probably going to be the toughest in the NHL, in my opinion. Uh, you have a lot of good teams, a lot of improving teams, Carolina. Uh, improved significantly, I believe, over the offseason. I don't believe they're going to make the playoffs, but they'll make it interesting. The Islanders, um, there's a lot of question marks in them, but they did add a big piece in Jordan Eberle to their team, so there's a lot there. Uh, so there's a lot of potential there. So what I believe the standings will be, uh, it's hard to say. I have to go with Pittsburgh as number one. I don't want to because I hate them, but I do believe that they will be the number one team in the Metro. And I'm going to follow that up with number two will be the Rangers. The Rangers are dynamically upgraded on the back end, on their defense, uh, with the addition of Kevin Shackrock. I think this team becomes a whole lot better, and I think the defense in general becomes a whole lot better in stopping guys like Sidney Crosby, Malkin, or wherever else the, the Metro division could throw at us. So I think for that reason, I'm going to have them at number two. Number three, I'm going to have the Blue Jackets. Uh, the Blue Jackets, I think, will have a little, slight decline this season. I don't think they're going to go on any win streaks like that, like they did last year with 16 games. Um, but I definitely think that they will still be a consistently good team. And the addition of Artem, Artemi Panarin from the Blackhawks, I think that will uh, greatly improve their offense. It will be a much quicker team in general. 
I'll have the Islanders at number four. I'll have the Hurricanes at five. And the Flyers at six. And the Devils at six. I have to say the Devils, I don't think, are going to be um, much better. I think they're going to be dead last in the division. And I'm not saying that because... Steve is a Devils fan, but I'm saying they're just not a good team. They didn't do much to get better. They signed Brian Boyle. Um, and Brian Boyle, as Ranger fans know, doesn't win championships. He, in fact, does really nothing. He's just a big oaf on the ice, and he's not going to do much. Um, so maybe with them written, maybe the Devils with their draft, their high draft pick, they could do something. But I don't think they're going to make they, – they and the Flyers, they could switch between the 6th and the 7th spot. But I think Carolina will be greatly improved, I think. Uh that's the team that's going to be on the rise in the coming years, um, especially this year, the addition of Justin Williams, who could supply a decent amount of offense to the team. And my dad, thanks, Dad, he asks who's going to be our third and fourth line centers. So as I said, third line would probably be Miller or Hayes. Uh, fourth line could be anyone, really. Anyone has a shot here, especially the rookies. David DeHernay, he could be a cut. I, I don't know. It, it just it really depends on what the team is seeing, and we don't know much because we don't know much about the team. Training camp just started, so there's a lot we still have to learn about the team, uh, but it'll all be very exciting. And that about does it for this episode of the Blue Shirt Talk podcast. Uh, this has been episode six. We've been breaking down the pre uh, the season, you know, uh, recapping the off season, and the next episode, which I hope to have next Friday. Next Friday or Thursday, we're going to be recapping the Rangers' two preseason games, which are September 18th versus the Islanders and the 20th against the Devils. So we're going to, once we get lineups in there, we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be watching those with a keen eye, and we're going to be uh, getting ready for that as we uh, head closer to the start of the NHL season. And we're going to see Kevin Shattenkirk sometime uh, for the first time wearing a Ranger uniform on the ice. That'll be very exciting. Uh, can't wait for that. And so the Rangers have, let's see here, one, two, three, four, they play five preseason games, uh, two, three of them on the uh, at home, two on the road, and not in the month of September. Um, so, and then the season starts, I believe, October 7th or 8th for the Rangers. I have to double check on that. Or 6th. One of those days where they open against the Colorado Avalanche at Madison Square Garden. Uh, that'll be a very exciting game, and we're going to preview all that once the preseason is over. So that about wraps it up for this episode of Blue Show Talk Podcast. hope you guys enjoyed listening. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us uh, any comments or questions on our Facebook page, Blue Shirt Talk, our Twitter, at Blue Shirt Talk, and email us any questions at blueshirttalk at gmail.com. Once more, a quick shout-out to Darren, the podcast, the X-Squadron podcast, Andrew Brooks for making our logo, and all of those who are loyal listeners of the show. Thank you. And uh, I will talk to you guys next time.